kind of used to the big podium thing, you know. I found out years ago what the big podium was for, so everybody can't see your knees shaking when you're talking. And over time, you get a little more comfortable and a little more comfortable. Uh, I think I'd just been made to study, so I'd feel more comfortable. Um, last week, Mike started a new sermon series uh, called Christmas Presents, not Presence like gifts, but presence as in being here, presence. <clears throat> when it comes to Jesus, uh, Jesus' present presence is a present uh, for all of us. Um, and when I say uh, Jesus, uh, you know, this morning, uh, I might say Jesus, I might say God, uh, God and Jesus, one and the same, you know, so don't be confused if I say God or I say Jesus and you think, hold on now, I'm getting confused. And I know that subject uh, in itself is a little confusing and I asked a preacher one time, I said, I said, how do I figure in my head this whole God is Jesus and Jesus is God thing? He said, well, you're a father, aren't you? I said, yes. He said, you're a husband, aren't you? I said, yes. He said, well, how can you be both at the same time? I said, I just am. He said, so is God. So that, that, was, that was all the explanation I needed. Hope it was enough to get me by, I'll say that. Um, Christmas presents. How do we know that, uh, how do you know that Christmas is coming every year? I mean, of course you look on your calendar, but you know, you start to see the presence of Christmas more and more and more. Uh, you see the lights, you know. Um, I think it was about two weeks ago, the first lights that I saw coming home from work. I work four to midnight, so uh, I saw the lights. And said, ooh, people already have their lights out. Um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is like the big Christmas is next, you know. So there, there's a big, uh, a big presence of Christmas right after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, um, TV commercials. You start to hear it on the radio. I listen to 91.7, The Word, and um, the whole, from I mean from Thanksgiving Day right on until Christmas, it's nothing but Christmas music. But there, there are things that we see all around us that are uh, the presence of Christmas. How long before Christmas is it okay to start celebrating Christmas? Two weeks, three weeks, Thanksgiving, the week before Thanksgiving. Everybody's got their own way of starting the celebration. Um, but we'll come back to that. Uh, let's get into our scripture. Our scripture is Isaiah chapter 9. <clears throat> uh, starting with verse 1, um, and this is a time when uh, the northern lands in Israel are under the oppression of Assyria. Um, uh, two of the tribes in particular, um, and they're just having a bad time, and they really need 
God's help. But let's start with verse verse one, chapter nine, Isaiah chapter nine. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when it as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garment rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. And I'm going to stop right there for just a second. Uh, like I said, there in the beginning, uh, Israel's under the oppression uh, of the Assyrians, uh, northern Israel. <clears throat> when you uh, when you read through the Bible and you come across certain words, they mean certain things. If you look at the very first word, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Um, nevertheless, nevertheless means there's a reason that we're saying what we're saying next because of what we just said before that. So we're going to go back and read three or four verses here in chapter 8 so we know why, why are we being told this nevertheless. Start with verse 19. And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards, who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on the behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. They will pass through it hard-pressed and hungry, and it shall happen when they are hungry, that they will be enraged and curse their king and their God and look upward. When they, Then they will look to the earth and see troubles and darkness, gloom of anguish, and they will be driven into darkness. I love, I love the end of verse 21. Um, I'm the second to the youngest of 11 children. And my next oldest brother is very high strung. You know that person? From the time they wake up, they don't roll out of bed. They spring out of bed. And as soon as they stop somewhere around midnight, one in the morning, they pass out and go to sleep. And at 5.30, they're back up. Well, that's my brother. He is, uh, even today, he's still just a ball of energy. And when, when I read this, and it shall happen when they are hungry 
that they will be enraged and curse their king and their God and look upward. Now, my brothers never cursed God. But the looking upward, uh, we, I grew up as a fisherman, and he and I fished together since, I don't even know, I might have been in diapers the first time I fished with him. I don't know how many times that something go wrong. Um, the wind was blowing too hard. The nets were tangled. Uh, he smashed his finger. I don't know what happened. A crab bit him in the finger. He would look up and go, God, why me? And I always thought, what are you doing? God didn't make that crab bite your finger. You know? But it's just, uh, it's incredible that people will put their trust and their faith and their power and their strength in something that's not God and then look up at God and say, why me? I always thought that was silly that my brother used to do that. <clears throat> Getting back into our, our other scripture, in verse 4 where it says, you have broken the yoke of his, of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. 500 years before this was written was the battle uh, with the Midianites. And God allowed Israel to overcome pretty much impossible odds. But this was a very big part of Israel's history. And everybody there knew uh, of this battle. It was passed down from generation to generation to generation. So when Isaiah speaks of Midian, of the defeat of the Midianites, it's a big deal. Everybody perks up because they remember that that was impossible without God. It, could, it couldn't have happened without the help of God, without his power. Now this whole uh, first uh, five verses here talks about going from darkness into light. talks about going from sadness into joy. In verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So Isaiah is prophesying the coming of Jesus. So back to our question. How early is too early to start celebrating Christmas? Well, apparently 730 years, give or take a few years, because that's how long ago, that's how long before Jesus was born that Isaiah was prophesying the coming of the Messiah. So you can leave your trees up and turn your lights on year round, because it's always okay to celebrate Christmas.
we should recognize the presence of Jesus always, every hour, every day. And we should also recognize His power and our strength through His power. Some people have a problem recognizing uh, the presence of Christ in their lives. Many people, I know you've probably all heard this before, you may have even said it before, I've said it before, wouldn't it be wonderful if we saw a true great miracle? Wouldn't it be something if you walked outside and said, man, it's kind of chilly out here and it's raining. God, could you please just bring the sun back out? And it happened. Would you or would you not go, that's it. I'm sold. I'm 100% sold now. Or if somebody was deathly ill, Seconds away from taking our last breath. God, can you give us one more year with, with, with Grandma? And bam, it happened. Uh, some type of big, big miracle. People, how about people that are not Christians just say, well, God's so great, big, and wonderful. Why doesn't he just show us all what he can do? Believe it or not, because that won't work. It's incredible that people think today that we are so much better and so much smarter than people in the past. There are so many examples of people who did see and still didn't believe, or they just kind of sort of forgot. Imagine fleeing Egypt and you get to the Red Sea and you're like, well, we've come as far as we can go and then God splits the Red Sea and you walk through it. Now that's, that's the big miracle I'm talking about. You're sold, right? Well, we know right after they got to the other side they built a golden calf to worship less than 50 days from the time they walked across dry land on the bottom of the Red Sea they built a golden calf less than a week after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, in the tomb, already stinking. They're standing outside mourning. They can smell him. And Jesus raises him from the dead. A week later, they're hollering, crucify him. A week later. Peter denied him three times after Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times. 
You either believe or you don't believe. This, this thought of, if, if I just had concrete proof that there was a God. These people had concrete proof. Millions of people walked through the Red Sea. <clears throat> Thomas saw Jesus perform miracle after miracle after miracle and still didn't believe until he stuck his fingers in the holes of his hands. But of course we, I mean, we, we, we believe that's why we're here this morning. You didn't just walk off the street and go, well, what's in this building this morning? Everybody's going in there. No, we're here because we believe. But I think there's still times, even as believers, that we don't put our trust in the presence of the power and strength of Jesus. Uh, let's turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians, chap Philippians chapter 4. You know, we talk about the power and the strength of Jesus. Um, I don't know how many people here today have and how many people have not. But for me, there was a point in my life when the light switch came on. You know, the I just got it. I understood the power of Jesus. I understood that I wasn't doing things the right way. I was a Christian. I've been in church since the very first Sunday I was on earth. I was in church. But I didn't get it. And then once I got it, I thought, man, I should have got this way earlier. Of course, maybe I'm just not that smart. Um, Philippians, in Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care. Now this is, before I go any further, this is Paul writing this letter uh, to the people of the church of Philippi. Uh, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul didn't care if it was if times were good or times were bad. Paul praised praised Jesus whether his stomach was full or whether his stomach was empty. 
That's the power and strength of Jesus that needs to be shown through our lives. That's His presence in our lives. I find it, I find it interesting. I can do all things, all things. You ever heard the saying, can't, can't do nothing? If you think you don't have the power of Jesus in you, then you don't have the power of Jesus in you. If you don't have that confidence that oh, God made me a promise and He's going to keep His promise. He has to because He's God. <clears throat> Matthew chapter excuse me, Matthew chapter 17 says, "If you have the faith of just a mustard seed, which a mustard seed is just the little teeny tiniest of seeds, you can move an entire mountain. That makes me feel bad about my faith, because I've never moved a mountain. I want to go back just a few verses. I want to go back just a few verses. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, this is still Paul writing. Now, he wrote this right before he wrote... Um, that he could do all things. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. That's how Jesus' Jesus's presence is shown on this earth, is through Christians. Verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now why did why did Paul write such things in such a way? I wonder why he used the word anxious. A lot of people don't like when I say this, and I've said this more than once. If you're a very anxious person, if you're very nervous, very scared, very, uh, for lack of a better word, you're just anxious. That, that's, that's not godly. God does not want us to be anxious. He wants us to be a calm soul because that shows the presence of Jesus in our lives. In the worst of situations, when we hold our composure and people go, how can you be so calm? Because Jesus is taking care of it, that's why. When you're not calm, Where's your Jesus now? 
There's always a but, though, and here's the but. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. This, this power that we get from Jesus, it's not free. God's not up there just throwing down blessings. He just doesn't walk around and go, oh, you don't have enough money? Oh, somebody in your family's dying? He's not just walking around throwing blessings out. We have to ask. In everything, by prayer and supplication, I have to be honest with you, I had to look up the word supplication. This is the definition of supplication. The act of asking or begging for something earnestly and humbly. So pretty much, this supplication means on your hands and knees, begging in sincerity and humble in, 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 in humbleness. How many times have we done that? How many times do we just go, hey God, I'd like a little blessing down here and keep right on walking about our way? And how many times are we sincere and we pick a little quiet spot in our house and we go in and talk to God? Prayer with supplication. But what's the reward? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Peace so great, so peaceful, that we can't comprehend that kind of peace. How many of us here could use just a little more peace than what we have now? How many of us could use a lot of peace? Paul wrote in verse 11 that we've already read, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. That's how Jesus' presence shines through us. Not, it's not that everything gets better in our lives. When we depend on the power and strength of Jesus, it's not that our lives automatically got better. We got content. We got content with the blessings that God has given us. What makes us not content? The Joneses next door? You know the saying, trying to keep up with the Joneses. 
Well, if the Joneses didn't live there, would we be content with our car? If their Lexus wasn't sitting there, we'd be content with our Toyota, wouldn't we? We should be content anyway. Because on the other side of us, that guy's driving a moped to work. <clears throat> we need to be content in all matters in our lives. Uh, financially. We need to be content uh, when a loved one passes. We need to be content that we had that person in our lives at all. We need to be content that God is in control. That we have the power of Jesus and the strength of Jesus inside of us. Now, for those of you who have heard me preach before, which has been some time, so I'm sure time is going to be off because I'm not that used to being up here. But for those that know me, you know I'm not going to get up here without mentioning Mama at least one time. <clears throat> Every time anybody went to Mama with a problem, uh, I say every time, 99 times out of 100, her answer was going to be a quote from the Bible. It just was. Because you have no comeback. I don't know how many times I'd ask her something or I'd say something, and she'd quote from the Bible, and I'm like, because if you quote from the Bible, you're not going to be wrong, because it's a quote from the Bible. Anyway, I heard her many times quote from the book of James. And this is one of them. Matter of fact, I'm going to, just to make sure that I read it correctly. The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I don't know how many times I heard my mother say that. Mama, I, 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 things are bad. You know, I, I'm financially, I, I'm, I'm late on my rent. Or, um, you know, uh, me and my wife aren't getting along very good. Or this is happening and that's happening. Of course, Mama would break out, prayers of a righteous man availeth much. In other words, have you prayed about it yet? If you haven't even prayed about it, how do you expect God to help you? Because I'm too busy living my own life to take the time to pray. Just like Paul said in Philippians, prayer and supplication. If you don't ask, you're surely not going to receive. There was one time... I was so busy. Uh, you know, you just go to bed without praying. And somebody gave me a suggestion. Took a sticky note. And I wrote the word pray on it. And I stuck it on the mirror where I couldn't see myself without seeing it. So in the morning when I woke up, oh, I need to pray. Night before I went to go to bed, I 
At least twice a day I looked in that mirror and that was right in my face so I couldn't even see the mirror without seeing the word pray. I want to read just a little bit of James when I, when I looked this up uh, earlier this week uh, just to make sure I knew where the, the quote, because I don't know books and verses off the top of my head. I know them, but I don't know where they came from. But I wanted to read just a few verses out of the book of James, uh, chapter 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. More than anything, it makes us content. The power and strength of Jesus is just incredible. As Isaiah prophesied, wonderful counselor, prince of peace, how, how big is the presence of Jesus? How big has the presence of Jesus been? I mean, we surely see it every year at Christmas. I recently saw the Time Magazine Most Significant Historic Figures list. Number one is Jesus. Then it went Napoleon, Muhammad, Shakespeare, Lincoln. Hitler was number seven. Jesus is number one. There's been more writings about Jesus than any human that's ever lived. Worldwide. It's okay to have the spirit of Christmas present year round. It's okay to give gifts anytime. It's okay to be uh, cheerful and joyful year round. We don't just have to do it in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Because the presence of Jesus is supposed to be with us all the time. That's the power of Jesus. And the biggest reason that it's okay is because it's contagious. This has happened to me at least once in my life. 
Hey man, how come you act the way you act? What do you mean? Why are you so happy all the time? That's Jesus. When things are bad and when things are good, Jesus should shine through us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we just thank you so much for all of our blessings. We thank you that we are here this morning. Lord, we pray so much that you will be with our congregation here. We pray that you will help us to grow and to prosper. We thank you so much for your son Jesus, and we thank you for his presence in our lives. Lord, I pray that you will help us to be more like Jesus, to be more Christian than we are, so that his light will shine through us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.